Welcome back to another round of The Fifth Down. My name is Mitch Hill. With me is my good friend and co-host, Bennett Hughes. Bennett, how are you doing today? Mitch, the uh, the allergy bug has struck. However, with the Mizzou and Chiefs wins over the conference opponents this weekend, uh, morale, is, morale is pretty high. Doing good. Morale's high, and also one thing is you're not a Kansas basketball fan. So... That's right. That's right. They're in some hot water, it looks like. Indeed. Indeed. Uh, we'll stick to football, but um, definitely, you know, eyebrows being raised there. Um, keep, keep your popcorn ready. Yeah, I feel like we're just obligated. To, we're just obligated to touch on it a little bit, though. For sure. I, before we yeah. get into anything, you know, we, as we know, NCAA rules are, are different for the Blue Blood. So, I mean, we'll see if anything happens. I doubt it. But you never know. You never know. Yeah, I'm sure Sam will be uh, talking about that at some point this week, so everyone be sure to tune into that. Um, we apologize. This is uh, one day late, but due to traveling and our schedule's not working out, you know, we just had to sit on this victory for a little bit longer and let it digest a little bit because it was a sweet win. Mizzou kind of needed that after starting the season a little slow, but I feel like uh, things are really starting to click for this program and it's not taking until November. Definitely, definitely. I think the arrow is is trending in the right direction. Very just balancing overall for Mizzou, both on the offense and defensive side, generating turnovers. That was great to see. Um, the rush defense has, since that debacle at Wyoming, um, still too soon. Um, mm-hmm. Still not recover, fully recovered from that. Yeah. But um, since that game, I mean, looked really good. Um, and, you know, Again, I wouldn't say he's been a human highlight reel, but he's just been steady. Eddie has taken command of the offense, and um, we're rolling mm-hmm. into the bye week. It's a uh, sometimes the bye week. You get there, and it's like this could not come at a better time for our team. And you always hear the coach always says it's coming at the great best time for our team. Blah blah blah. blah. It just it kind of sucks that Mizzou's on a bye week because you know you had three really good performances back to back to back, and now we all have to sit here and wait. Definitely. I, I'm, I'm with you. And, you know, I, I feel like there's excitement back in the program. Um, mm-hmm. And, we're, yeah, we're, we're ready for these next two home games. It's a pretty, pretty sweet spot for Mizzou football right now, having all these home games in a row. Um, and good to, good to actually get the, the South Carolina monkey off our back. We've just had a couple just very frustrating games with them in the past few years. And, you know, just, just watching the game, the first drive, we come down to the goal line and get to the one and can't put it in in four downs, and you're thinking, great, here we go again. Yeah, here um, we go again. Just, just classic Mizzou, South Carolina, just just nonsense. Um, but, mm-hmm. hey, we adjusted and uh, made the plays, and, um, yeah, great great to see. It was a good, it was a good win all around. Um, Kelly started off a little slow. A lot, of people would, a lot of people said that, but something we have not seen all season – uh, from Kelly is more so what he does on the run game. And when the throws weren't really there, it's always nice that he, you can lean on his legs. And he showed to be a rather capable runner once again, like we all knew, but we just hadn't seen it so far in black and gold. Yeah, definitely. He, shades of Brad Smith on a couple of those runs. Um, had had mm-hmm. a long of 22 and um, tough to take down. That was that was great to see. And I mean, you look at the receiving, or the, the wide receivers, very balanced all across the board. Um looks like 
seven, eight guys had catches, um, just, just goes back to mm-hmm. just a very balanced attack. Yeah, I like that. It's, and what's good to see, so we kind of saw, like you touched on a little bit, that Wyoming game, the defense was just downright atrocious, especially when it came to tackling and rush defense and everything like that. But so West Virginia is not very good and SEMO is SEMO, but now you kind of saw what this defense has been showing you against what people perceive to be lesser opponents. I mean, 16 yards against them in rushing, that's that's an SEC team you're holding to 16 yards right there. I mean. Yeah, and it's tough to compare, like you said, but, I mean, South Carolina, Rico Dowdell rushed for over 100 yards last week against Alabama. Right. Um, so, in, in the official stats, since the, the Wyoming game, we've only given up 86 yards on the ground since that game. And, you know, the first three, four games of the season, teams aren't playing the highest mm-hmm. competition, but South Carolina was the number three team in the SEC coming into the game in regards to rushing. So um, I, I think Ryan Walters has the defense, you know, definitely headed in the right direction. Yeah, I think that Wyoming game was, I think, um, I believe Sam Snelling wrote about it there earlier this week or after the game that that Wyoming game is looking more and more like it was something like a fluke. Um, versus what it actually um, is. I believe that was Sam. If I'm, if I'm getting that wrong, I apologize. But anyways, but I think I think that Wyoming game being a fluke is what we're kind of seeing there. And um, that's good news as the as the team kind of goes and the year kind of goes because it would have been a long year had that, that defense been um, what it was against Wyoming. I think what has impressed me the most is – no turnovers week one, and then all of a sudden you're winning the turnover battle week in and week out. You have two week, you have back to back pick sixes from your linebackers. I mean, just really sound defense all around. Better tackling, the safeties are playing better. Who on defense has stood out most to you lately? I would definitely say. I mean, the easy answer is Kale Garrett. Um, he's your senior leader, and he's mm-hmm. his play has really backed that up. He just got named, I believe, SEC Defensive Player of the Week. Um, yes, very heady play. And I mean, really a, a play that set the tone for the rest of the game. You know, you mentioned the, the slow start. Um, but the, I don't know what, what South Carolina's quarterback was doing, um, yeah, that was touching the ball there in the end zone. Um, but Kale Garrett seemingly looked like the only player on the field that realized it was a true fumble and, you know, kudos to him to, to be an opportunistic and hopping out in the end zone and Hey, we get a touch out of that. Um, and then yeah. Other than him, Ronell Perkins, that's that's probably the play of the year so far. His hundred yards hundred yard interception return. Um eerily mm-hmm. similar to uh Marcus King in the, that was so the cool. Independence Bowl back in the day when we played South Carolina, uh Gary Pinkle, Steve Spurrier action. Yeah. That uh video Mizzou football put out on Instagram I thought was really cool. Yeah. How they kind of have it side by side. So props to the social media team there. Something I learned. I guess I shouldn't be surprised by this, but Ronald Perkins was a lot faster than I thought. I, for some reason, I didn't have him pegged to some speedster, but I mean, he he broke away from everyone rather fast. Yeah, he looked he looked really good, and um, something that I kind of like to see there. I'm, I'm forgetting the guy's name for for South Carolina, mm-hmm. but their tight end. Um, he went to he went to a St. Louis high school, and he was kind of tr- talking some trash in the media the the week leading up to the game saying he basically hates Mizzou and hmm. um, ultimately I think it was sour grapes because we, we just he's more of a blocking tight end right and 
Pinkle was the coach at the time, and and he just didn't think he fit our offense. But he was talking some trash in the media pregame, and and uh, nice to see him, Ronell, just completely toast him to the end. Oh, absolutely, and I think um, another person who's really kind of stood out. So Jordan Elliott on the line's been really well, really really good. He's um, defensive tackle doesn't always show up on the stat sheet how good you've been, but he's been. I've just been trying to get or I want to see some numbers out of Jordan Elliott, but, you know, understood that it's defensive tackle. But Kobe Whiteside has uh, quietly been really, really good uh, right next to him all season. Definitely. He's one of those guys that he's an interesting recruiting story. I think we got onto him late. He was like a two-star, um, but just like an unreal athlete, a guy that that is just a massive human being, but is very good laterally. And like one of these guys that can like jump three feet out of a pool you know, he's, in, mm. he's like standing in love to see yeah, that. Yeah. So he's going to be a guy that the, uh, the NFL scouts will probably salivate over here in the next couple of years and get a combine invite just because of that. Um, right. But no, yeah. you love to see that. It, it, it just looks like in general, overall, um, the defensive side of the ball is really gelling. And a quote that I saw from Kale after the game that was very telling, um, he mentioned they had complete confidence in the play calling, which to me, tells me that there was definitely some commute some confusion in that first game at Wyoming. Um, Mm -hmm. And I mean, you never know how a team is going to respond after a devastating loss like that. I mean, us being Mizzou fans, we've seen it in the past, you know, 10 years. We're, we're very good when our backs are up against the wall. And so we, we somewhat expected this, but um, the defense is, yeah, it's just rolling right now. And it's, it's good to see against good competition. I think leaning on kind of what Kale was saying there about like having total faith in the play calling and everything, that Ronald Perkins uh, interception, it wasn't like something he came out of nowhere to make the pick for or anything like that, but it was it was kind of a scheme pick. I mean, he was right where he was supposed to be, which means he was coached to be in the right position, and the ball falls to him, and 100 yards later, he has the longest touchdown return in Mizzou football history, so or interception return for a touchdown, so... Good, good improvement to see, and everyone wanted to see the improvement, and we are seeing that, so we're reaping the benefits yeah, of it. Yeah, completely. Um, I, I guess the only critique that, that I have, um, you know, or, or blemish on the, on the defensive side of the ball is Brian Edwards. I think it was the first play of second half, taking it 75 yards. Mm-hmm. That, that is something where, going back, not to harp on the Wyoming game, but I feel like we, we give up a lot of big plays coming off of scoring plays. You know what I mean? whether it be off yeah. a kickoff or, yeah. you know, right after um, an interception or a turnover. So limiting the big play is something that we still need to – we've got some improvement on. Um, but mm-hmm. still just overall going back to everything, um, arrow turning in the right direction. Yeah, it's um, – I mean, it's 34-14 final score, which is always – I mean, that's a score you would love to see against an opponent that has kind of had your number the last few years. I think um, – one thing that I'm that everyone is still kind of waiting for is that receiving threat to kind of emerge and become Kelly Bryant's go-to guy. I, it could be JJ Alberto, but there's not really that game breaker that's going on on the outside right now. And I think that's something that that the offense is searching for right now, and we're just kind of waiting to see who it will be. Definitely, and I mean against teams like South Carolina, um, West Virginia. Ole Miss, Vanderbilt coming up on the SEC slate here in the next few weeks. You can get by, um, you know, with that. Mm-hmm. But when we go and we play teams like Florida, Georgia, they've got lockdown corners, guys that are likely going to play in the league. And so 
they're most likely going to be able to key in on Alberto and, and take him away portions of the game. And right. we're going to need somebody to emerge eventually, whether, like you said, whether it be Nance, Jonathan Johnson, um, Jalen Knox. Jalen Knox only had one catch for eight yards last week. Mm-hmm. Um, it really didn't have any impact on the game. But those guys are, are definitely going to have to to kind of come into their own here as the, as the season progresses. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, I mean, it could be, you know, just getting more familiar with Kelly Bryant as the quarterback and everything like that. But overall, I think um, the running game was exactly what it needed to be. Uh, not mind-boggling numbers by Larry Three Sticks at all. But, I mean, 23 carries, 88 yards. That's a four, about a four-yard average or so. And that's just being – he's just bruising people 23 times a game right there, which takes its toll on someone, I would say. Definitely. And he and, as expected, he and Tyler Beatty are a good one-two mm-hmm. punch combo. Um, you know, you can bring Beatty in and, and throw him the ball out of the backfield. We saw he had the little Marcus Murphy catch. type. Uh, yes. Um, and, and we mentioned it, I believe, in our first episode of the season, whether it be Simi Bakari um, or Dawson mm-hmm. Downing, you know, ultimately, or, you know, it's inevitable that one of these guys is going to get banged up through the course of the season. I mean, it's just the nature right. of being a running back, um, especially in a league yeah. like the SEC. Um, so keeping those guys healthy, um, really no knocks through the first four games is huge. Um, and I, and I think, it, it, you know, whether it be Dawson Downing or Simi Bakari, one of those guys, I think you're going to start seeing getting more touches just, just to take the workload off these guys because of the long season. Oh, abs- absolutely. I would. Yeah. You think uh, Troy would be a nice little kind of way to start getting people in there? So you, oh, you would hope. You right. would hope. New new coach. We're not going to preview that game, obviously, mm-hmm. two two weeks out. But um, they've been giant killers over the past couple of years. They went and they uh, they bit LSU on the road a couple of years ago. And oh, I, yeah. I remember a game in the mid two thousands where I think Mizzou was was newly ranked in the top twenty five, feeling good about themselves and went down there to, to Troy and it was a buzzsaw and they actually beat us. So you never know, you never right, know. And, right. um, but yeah. So overall, I think I'm, I think it's straight A's across the board for all of the Tigers. Wouldn't you say so? I would say so for sure. And just a, just a stat that I was reviewing here in the last 24, 48 hours. So you know, after after the first game of the season, all these people calling for Barry Odom, mm-hmm. you know, the sky is falling type situation. Um, Want to go and just compare compare his record to Gary Pinkle, um, who arguably is is you know the best coach in the Mizzou's history. Right. Um, through forty two games, Barry Odom is twenty two and twenty. Pinkle in his first 42 games was 20 and 22. So Barrio is actually two games better. Um, mm-hmm. And he's been to two, two bowl games in his first three years where, and is, you know, knock on wood, he's, he's in, in these <laughs> NCAA sanctions right. turning towards doing that again this year. And Pinkle went to one in his first three. So um, I think we can, we can calm down a little bit about those conversations. Mm-hmm. Um, and, Another stat too. I know stats aren't everything, but in the last 24 games, Mizzou is tied for fourth with Auburn. Um, you know, as record in the SEC, we're 17 right. and seven. That's yeah, pretty. That, that's I pretty dang that good. You, you got all the blue bloods ahead of us, and you know the naysayers would say, "Oh, SEC East, 
that type of thing. Vanderbilt and Tennessee are bottom of the barrel. The only team that's that's below them is Arkansas. So mm-hmm. they play in the East too. Um, right. You know, so that's a that's a pretty nice looking stat for the Tigers. And something about that, like the SEC East thing and everything like that, you still have to play the schedule. I mean, you can't – if you're not winning those games, then it's even worse. Yeah. So if you are winning those games and then people are like, well, you're supposed to do that, it's like, well, it's better than losing them, which is something that's going on at Tennessee right now. Exactly. And, you know, I, I think – what is this, our eighth or ninth year in the conference? There's still, you know, some people saying, oh, Mizzou, you know, not a fit in the SEC. I, I think we've proven that we can handle ourselves in the league. It's just all about taking the next yeah. steps to becoming more mid-tier to upper – to top tier. Um, oh, absolutely. And that comes with beating teams like Georgia on the road, consistently beating Florida um, and, and going to SEC championships. And, you know, barring the NCAA stuff, which when the heck is that going to come out? You know, just, just, just <laughs> yeah, everyone's just, yeah, sitting it, it'll probably come out the week before the Georgia game when morale is the highest mm-hmm. it's been all season. And then bring us right <laughs> back to, to the, the ground but um you know that type of stuff is still on the table um barring those things so yeah no for sure i think um hopefully we get some answers on those sanctions uh sooner rather than later um, everyone's just sitting around waiting for those but um i think uh so that kind of wraps up kind of our talks about talk about mizzou and everything like that before um before we kind of get out of here and everything like that, let's uh, go around a little college football action. What uh, what'd you find? Be uh, before mm-hmm. before we go, we go, we kind of do the go across the, the college football universe. Uh, I just want to touch on one thing that I don't think is mm-hmm. getting as much attention as it should. Yes, Moon Choi, the system president for Mizzou, um, goat stats this past weekend. I mean. Yeah, I, if, if you haven't seen it yet, go search it on Twitter. Uh, it is worth a watch. Um, Moon Choi, Mizzou's system president, he raced the helmet car at halftime, and he, I think he won. I, I didn't see the final results. All I know is the pictures made it look like he was cooking. Oh, my gosh. He was cooking. Love and it. just, I mean, put himself out there for public ridicule, and I think he just absolutely crushed it. He might have pulled a hamstring um along the way but i mean i think it was that's awesome good, that's good for the brand right there oh. actually great for the brand yeah Love i thought that it. was so i thought that was awesome when i saw all that and it looked like he had fun with it and everything like that so everyone do go thank you for mentioning that i forgot about that but um i don't know how i forgot about that yeah the pictures that was wonderful. that was awesome so um all right well seamless transition now i guess in oh, college yeah. football uh let's uh Two programs that feel like they are very proud programs, both kind of trending in the wrong direction. Tennessee and Michigan had another rough weekend for both of them, fighting Jim Harbaugh's. He he might be doing a little resume updating soon, wouldn't you say? He might. He might. It's just it's mm-hmm. kind of a head scratcher, you know. They consistently get great recruits in there, and they just. They just kind of have lackluster teams. Like they're just there's nothing special. I mean, you you can tell they're probably like a, a top 20, 25 to top forty team consistently, but yeah, without the name. I mean, they just go and lay an absolute egg against Wisconsin, and I think Jonathan Taylor, the running back for them, that's a guy that he 
he, he's right there for mm-hmm. the Heisman race right now. He's a guy to, to definitely mm-hmm. watch. That guy's a stud. Yeah, that was just, that's just that was just interesting to see because it goes back to what the knock on Harbaugh's kind of been the whole time. It's like, dude, are you ever going to start winning like these bigger games? Yeah, it, exactly. It's like that's a that's a prime time game, and it it was like it was over yeah. when the ball was kicked and, off, and you were coming um, off a bye week, just very too, interesting, where you almost lost to Army. Yes. Yeah, they right. should have lost Army, which Army's no slouch, but, you know, Michigan being at home against them, that, that should always be a, a W. Yeah, I mean, it's Michigan. Um, and, and staying in the – yeah, staying in the in the Big Ten, um, Ohio State is, is putting up video game numbers. Justin Fields is, is looking unreal. But at the same time, you know, they haven't played anybody. I think they scheduled – in their scheduling process, I think they just went out and said, hey, let's just schedule all – as many D1 teams in Ohio as we possibly can. Like, it's like, come on, everybody gets on Alabama for their schedule. I mean, they are playing Little Sisters of the Poor. Um, yeah, and th- yeah, and then they're playing, like, you know, that's good. I think they do that because they're worried about losing to Purdue at home or something like that. Yeah, I mean, I, I will say this. Justin Fields is looking unbelievable, but mm-hmm. let's just, before we claim him as Heisman winner, let's see them actually play a ranked team. Oh, absolutely. I mean, there's someone that has a little something to say about that down in Baton Rouge, I would say, as far as the Heisman talk goes. Yeah, Joe Burrow, he, he's a bad man. He um, He's just got that swagger, and I think I saw a quote from him a couple weeks ago. I think he was 100% serious, talking about how he, like, hits his head against the wall, like, repeatedly oh, yeah. to get fired up before the game. Um, and he's That's just the got – Coach Ogeron – like player thing ever. Oh yeah. And he's got ice water in his veins. And I mean, it's, we've talked about on this, on the show before. I mean, LSU with a good quarterback is scary. And it's terrifying. that LSU Alabama game, I think is, is probably going to be the game of the year in the SEC this year. Oh, I'm already looking forward to that. Staying in conference, uh, Georgia picks up a good win against Notre Dame. Notre Dame, a lot of people thought they didn't have the athletes staying with Georgia, which is fine because Notre Dame doesn't always get like the high prize athletes, they are always very solid. But Notre Dame hung with them, but Georgia's just, I mean, they've just got a lot of talent on that team. Definitely. And I was, you know, I was thinking that Georgia was going to win that game, not handily, but definitely more mm-hmm. than six, seven points that they... Well, the line was 14. Yeah. And Notre Dame, I was actually surprised that they were able to hang in, hang in there like they did. And I mean... Just thinking, glass half full. Notre Dame seemingly is a better, you know, they're 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 a better program, you know, talent wise than us right now. But I, I wouldn't say by by too far. Um, no. And and being a Mizzou fan, I was actually kind of encouraged by that by that effort by them. I was thinking Georgia was gonna blow past them. So, you know, you never know. I think uh, the one thing about Georgia that just kind of terrifies me, and it's just that. They can win either way. They can win whenever it's everything's going right, and they can run up the score. They can win like, like just an ugly game yes. like this, where it's just hard nosed smash mouth football. They can they can adapt. They're very good at adapting, and, mm-hmm. and Jake Fromm is is I would say Tua Tagovailoa is is a better player talent wise. Um, oh, but I think Jake Fromm is probably the best leader in the SEC. Um, he yes. just knows how to win, and um, obviously they're going to be an incredibly incredibly tough out (laughs) whenever that yes yeah and then you got Tennessee year two Jeremy Pruitt but woof 
34 to 3 to Florida. I know Florida it was a home game for Florida, but Florida's got the backup quarterback, but a lot of Florida's looking a little bit better with him instead of uh Felipe. Uh Felipe. Yeah, yeah. Will, Will Trask did look pretty good. I mean, at the end of the day it is Tennessee. So I I think there's right. still a lot of uncertainty with Florida. I mean, I I really don't think they've played anybody yet. I mean, I would say maybe their best win would be Miami, who is starting a true freshman quarterback, um, who I didn't think was Mm -hmm. expected to start until like the week before the game. Um, And I mean, yes, albeit they've they've been doing this with a backup quarterback, and that was an impressive win at at Kentucky. It's a tough place to play. Um, But I mean, Mm -hmm. he was a four or five star guy. It's not like he lacks talent. Um, I, I think, I think there's still uncertainty for the Gators. And I mean, if you're Tennessee, I mean, they're shaping up to win about, I don't know what yeah, to do. I mean, it's almost to the point where you got to go out and pay top dollar for, I don't even know who the hot head coaching guys are right now. Yeah, I mean, I it's either that, I don't either. It's, it's either just... you break the bank for somebody. I mean, just like, who's an absolute lock. That's going to win you games or you just, like yeah, or you ride, or you ride Jeremy Prude out. You give him like five or six years. I mean, I don't think there's any in between. Um, yeah, I know, I, yeah, because it's hard to it's hard to part after two years with a coach. That's for sure. But I mean, ugh, I mean, it's it's looked really, really bad this season. Yeah, they're just in this continuous cycle of of having coaches for three or four years and then nothing really mm-hmm. happening. And yeah, it's like they're digging a hole and they they just can't get out of it. So. And then um, I would say we'll we'll get to the game of the week in here in a second. The game that was just absolute crack for college football fans. But um, I would say a lot of people are thankful for Pittsburgh this week. Yes, yes. It's just the fighting national cha- champions at UCF. They lost to another. They lost to a Power Five team. And um, I was reading Gabe Diarmond had this one about UCF, and I really liked it. His point is that it's not that UCF isn't good enough to play with these big, like the Power 5 schools, but when you're not in the Power 5, you're not playing a Power 5 team every single week. So can you win against a Power 5 team week in and week out? And They played Stanford two weekends ago, housed them, and then go up to Pittsburgh and they don't win. That's just that's the life of not being in a in a non-Power 5 school. You're not used to playing the Power yeah. 5 schools or the yeah, Power you 5 really, players. You really hate to see week. it. Um, especially for our, uh, our guy, uh, in quotations guy, um, Josh Heupel, um, you know, a guy who's really Mm -hmm. firm on his commitments and, you know, never, you know, back out on his guys, you know, like he did, uh, in the, in the bowl game a couple years, um, ago, (laughs) no, but, um, we, I think we all know our feelings on, on that and, and UCF, but, um, yeah, they they talk all this talk and they go on the road and, and lay an egg against Pittsburgh, who is not like a bad program, but I mean, a tough place to play. But um, yeah, you know that that's a game you got to win if if you know you're talking that much talk. Yeah, and, still, um, you know, I, I think Scott Frost definitely left Heupel in a I mean a great position, covered definitely full. Um, I, I think just looking at recruiting rankings, he's been yes. able to sustain a level of recruiting, but. I think Scott Frost is a much better coach X's and O's than Heupel. And so, um, you know, just seeing if they're going to be able to, to keep yes. it like it is long-term. Um, it looks like they've got a great young quarterback. You know, I don't know what it is with them and quarterbacks from Hawaii. Um, 
it just it just gets him going. That guy looks like a stud. Um, but right. Yeah, you know, you really you really hate to see that loss for for the Golden Knights. Right. Yeah. And then you have the game that every college football fan just loves, the Pac-12 game that's just on when you kind of forget about it. And the Pac-12 delivered this week. 67-63 UCLA over Washington State. What in the hell happened? Hashtag Pac-12 after dark. <laughs> um, I mean, gosh, that game was unbelievable. Dark. I was actually, I was in watching that game in, in a hotel room and fell asleep because, you know, Pac-12 games are on at like 3 a.m. our time. <laughs> and uh, I, I, you know, it was one of those things where you could tell UCLA was gaining some momentum, but they were down by 32 points in the third quarter. And, you know, I, I, I fell asleep with the TV on and I woke up and I saw the final score. And I was like, holy cow, what the, what the heck just happened? Um, unbelievable game. I think like Washington State's quarterback threw for nine touchdowns, um, just eye popping numbers. I think that game set defense back. Um, a couple years. That game's exactly what Mike Leach wants every single week. Yeah, I mean, you just keep it. It's name. like Madden. It's like Madden. Yeah, just like Mike Leach, like, the fastest and yeah, he's uh, sure he's mad he lost the game, but like at the same time he's looking at it, he's like sixty seven, sixty three. That's exactly how football needs to be played. I will say this: say whatever you want about Kip Chell, Kip Kelly, Chip Kelly, Chip Kelly, but I. It's good for college football for for him to be winning, I think. Um, oh, yeah. Especially a game like that. And I, I think I read somewhere where UCLA has the youngest team in, in college football right now, and they've played a really tough schedule so far. Mm-hmm. Played on the road mm-hmm. at Cincinnati, not a slouch team. Played OU and, you know, playing Washington State, who's ranked off the bat. Um, you wonder if this is a game that kind of builds their confidence and, and maybe is a game that, that gets them going. Gets Chip Kip now I'm gonna do it. I, I, uh, I gets, uh, Chip Kelly yeah gets Chip Kelly kind of you know give him a little momentum again and kind of get you know because a lot of people were kind of saying is his brand kind of over with and if you watch this game his brand is back and better than ever <laughs> for sure for sure yeah. and staying I guess out in the Pac-12 um, USC down to their third string QB. Beats beats a team that a lot of people kind of had as the the Cinderella, um, you know, for the for the playoff this year. Utah, um, basically, they beat Utah in a tough game with their with their third string, and I think that that means that Pac-12 is going to get shut out um, this yeah, year. Yeah, I think the Pac-12 is on the outside. Yeah, yep. Outside looking in. Uh, yeah, I just don't see, I don't see any way, I don't see any path for them in really. Washington's too far back now. Oregon's got the loss to Auburn, which is, you know, not terrible. But, yeah, I think the Pac-12 is going to be looking on the outside of the playoff once again. They're going to – yeah, they're going to need some, you know, somebody, whether it be in Alabama or Georgia uh, or somebody in the Big Ten to, to lose who's on top. Um, so Right. Going back to the uh, the uh, SEC, um, you know, we, we, we mentioned Tennessee, how they're, you know, they're down in the dumps right now. Arkansas they've hit officially hit rock bottom they paid San Jose State who I I don't think had beaten a power five team in this century um (laughs) they 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 pay the Trojans 
I believe, or you know, whatever their mascot is, they paid them 1.5 million to come play them in Fayetteville, and San Jose State beats them. I mean, that's just oh, that's a yeah, that's a kick to the teeth when you pay someone up. When you pay someone and lose, but when you pay someone $1.5 million. Just just gut-wrenching. Um, dumpster fire status there. Um, you yeah. know, I, obviously not an Arkansas fan, but you read a lot of stuff about their coach, Chad Morris. He was Clemson's offensive coordinator during their national championship run. Um, you know, had some success at SMU. Seemed like just a great guy um, and, you know, a good mm-hmm. football mind. And he is just – not been able to get it done there so far. Um, no. And, you know, that the uh, the Battle Ryan rivalry I mean, this year, who knows how that one's going to go. They allowed 402 passing yeah. yards. That's insane. I mean, San Jose State is not a 402 passing yard program, I think. No. And and we were talking about this, too. <laughs> I mean, it's very common for, for Power 5 teams to, to pay – you know, these lower tier teams that come in in the early non-conference games, but 1.5 million. I mean, San Jose state, they're, they're still D one. I don't, I think Mizzou paid SEMO like 400 K and yes. they're like FCS. So the fact that they're, they're shelling out 1.5 million. I mean, it's just like, what's going on down yeah, there? How'd that happen? Like that makes no sense. <laughs> Someone's losing like, their job down there for sure. Yeah. Like, Hey, yeah, th- yeah, pitch that one in like the, the staff meeting where you talk about budgeting. Yeah. Good lord. So yeah, that was that's kind of a dumpster fire, I would say. Um. So overall, I thought I thought this weekend of college football was a little bit better than the previous weekend. Just some you know bigger matchups, and then we had the UCLA Washington State game, and then also I mean Mizzou playing a capable opponent in South Carolina and handling them fairly. Fairly, not easily, but, you know, they did their, they did what they needed to do, and Mizzou's, you know, sitting pretty, and the more and more time that passes by, the more and more that wash or that Wyoming game is just in your rearview mirror. Exactly, and um, I actually was listening to Kansas City Sports Radio here last week and heard your, your friend Howard Richards on, and going back mm-hmm. to that point, he was – Funny how how you don't hear about this until after the fact, but he's a guy who's very well, you know, he's in the know in the program and just kind of chalking it up to just a fluke event. He mentioned that, you know, the team getting out of Columbia to get to Laramie, their plane was like delayed six or seven hours. um, And like the power went out in their hotel. They had all these just weird things going on. Obviously those are just Mm – excuses but at the end of the day it's just like it's just one of those things where I think everything that possibly could have gone wrong did and you know for us to respond the way we have uh, so far get the defense shored up um, sounds like our guys are confident in the play calling they're going out and just you know putting their heads down and going to work Um, you know you can't you really can't ask for much more from you know being a Mizzou fan oh yeah I would say all in all like you've been saying, the uh, arrow's pointing way up. And so I think uh, I think we should leave it with the arrow pointing up and, um, you know, call it quits for the day. What do you think about that? I think so. I think so. Uh, don't forget to go check out our boy, Moon Choi. Yes, please go look that up. Um, we will probably not be recording next Sunday unless there's, you know, some earth-shattering news that we need to re- 
cover or anything like that. But as of right now, since it is a bye week, there won't be much to recap without, you know, just doing college football as a whole. But we think you can handle that without us for one week. Um, so in the meantime, you can follow us on Twitter. I'm at mhill underscore Bennett. You are. I'm still Hughes, H-U-G-H-E-S <laughs> underscore you are daddy. Perfect. And be sure to subscribe, rate, and review to Rock M Nation Podcast wherever you get your podcast. Please leave a review. We'll read them. We'll check out some questions and everything like that. And uh, as always, you can find everything else Rock M Nation is doing at rockmnation.com. Thanks, y'all.